0: Welcome to the Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson, a nationally recognized expert in the analysis of complex life insurance structures. In the Acres of Diamonds podcast, Bob talks about the flip side of owning a life insurance policy that your client has outgrown or that has underperformed. We share insight and strategies to help advisors maximize the effectiveness and value of their clients' life insurance policies.
1: Hello and welcome to the Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson from Settlement Masters. Today, we are going to be talking about what you can say to a prospect, but before that, hello, Bob, how are you? I am feeling fantastic. Thank you, Eric. Outstanding. I heard you had a great weekend. What'd you do?
2: Yeah, I did. We had a Food and Wine Society open day where they had the great chefs and great wine and wow. great food. We spent a day sipping and eating all the way through, so it was fabulous. That New sounds Port fantastic. Beach. Yeah, Newport Beach was great. So oh, thanks Newport for- Beach. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, that, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Today, we are talking about what do I say to a prospect. So this is really from the advisor's point of view, and this is your your best tips for them. Is that about right? That's right. Okay. Knowing that people might not be aware of what selling their policy entails and that they will probably be very concerned about who is could possibly buy their policy. What does an advisor say in the initial introduction?
2: Well, Eric, it's a great question. It's a question that needs to be answered because people that have done settlements in the past, advisors that have actually been involved in settlements may have a general understanding even though most of them still use the wrong language people that have not been involved in settlements have no real idea how to to overcome an uh, an objection before it comes up by asking the right questions when they meet someone that might be a candidate and as we've discussed in the past the 80 year old plus is the prime candidate mm-hmm. It's like in, in every advisor position, you've got to know what your target market is. If you're estate planning, you've got to be with somebody today, typically, that's got an estate is a couple over $23 million because of the free credit, uh, unified credit. So it's finding that, tr- that sweet spot. That sweet spot is over 80, although we have some uh, under 80. So when you're talking to somebody or somebody that has a parent or grandparent that is in that age category... You've got to ask them the questions the right way. Otherwise, again, it can be misinterpreted and you can kill the opportunity before you even have one. Mm -hmm. The right proper way to ask is to say something like there is an increasing problem in the life insurance industry for people that purchase life insurance in the 90s and early 2000. Carriers in the industry, eight of them, have raised the internal cost." of insurance and it's eating up the cash value on those policies. We have created a special relationship with a firm that does nothing but analytic evaluation of your contract structure or your insurance policy structure and if there's a problem they clean it up and fix it, if it's fixable. They let you know exactly where you are, there's no obligation to you, this is a client service that we offer And I'd highly recommend that you look at it, even if you have an advisor, because we'll work with him uh, in the process. Let me just ask this to be something you consider immediately because the problem is killing contracts where they're lapsing or being cashed in by people in that age group without knowledge of
1: what can be done. The advisor has spoken to the grandchildren of the children, or directly to the person who has this policy. And you you mentioned the analysis. How do you get them to be open to going through the analysis with you?
2: Well, the best way, it's another good question, Eric. Uh, The best way is to recognize the problem yourself. If the advisor doesn't see that this is not just a uh, sales idea mm-hmm. this is a real problem and it's and it's destroying an asset that people that are in their 80s or 90s created for their family legacy they wanted to have this money available to their kids for their kids and their grandkids if the policy is eroding because of these cost increases you got to get a little passionate about it it's it's you can rescue a policy in this case through a relationship with the right company. How you get them to do it is just to be able to articulate the problem to a point where they can see it's very important to have a firm that does a deep analytic picture of the strength of their carrier and the probable cost of that carrier that has changed due to this cost increase. And once they believe in it and understand it, there's no problem. I mean, they're in the field of getting people to do things. You have to believe that the problem is real and not just a hype. This is not a hype. It's the biggest opportunity in the settlement marketplace since its inception in 1915, when it was, when it was originally set up to be uh, a legal transaction. Eric, there's one other thing that needs to be noted that advisors need to understand, is that when you talk about settlements... And I don't use necessarily the word settlements. I talk about cleanup process. Mm-hmm. But when you use that, people can easily construe that the policy is going to be purchased by an individual or a small group of investors. That's not desirable. People don't want Guido, yeah. <laughs> as they say in the movies. They don't want someone owning the policy that's got a greater incentive for mom or dad or grandma and grandpa dying mm-hmm. than, than the intention of the children. It's really important that they use the word institutional trusts that buy these contracts. Institutional trusts like hedge funds, Apollo, BlackRock, and many others have set up millions and millions of dollars utilizing the policies that have been damaged as the underlying asset. And they found that it's a very reliable alternative investment for the fund. They can almost predict the return rate. So institutional Funders are who, uh, buy these contracts, certainly from our firm, we won't deal with anybody unless they're a licensed institutional funder in the state in which the client lives. Hmm. So it's imperative that the contracts that they sign, which we vet, do not include or allow the provider, which is a party that actually manages the fund, to sell this contract to an individual or to an individual fund. So institutional funders, it's imperative that they use that term if the question is brought up.
1: And so you've said institutional market before. That's what this all is altogether, correct?
2: Yes, it it is a large group of institutional funds that have found that life insurance policies the right kind, the right age are a tremendous uh, asset for the fund. Now in exchange for that, and when they when they offer to buy a contract And by the way, we have multiple funds that are trying to buy the contract if it's in the prime uh, spot. And when we do that, it's like selling a home with multiple buyers. Mm. You have people bidding over the bids, creating somewhat of a bidding marketplace. And our firm is somewhat exclusive in that area in that we work hard to get the highest value utilizing this bidding marketplace. But they're institutional funds that buy these contracts, keep them in place, or securitize them and sell them off in a securitized marketplace, which is fine with us because they're anonymous. They're like securitizing a, a fund. Uh, so the hedge funds really understand today what a life insurance contract properly vetted is a tremendous asset value for the fund. And for that They pay substantially more than the carrier will allow the client to get back if they cash the policy in. And of course, if they drop it, they're going to lose. Mm -hmm. Even if they have a term contract, Eric, that term contract, if they're in the right spot and the term contract is convertible, there is a tremendous value. Right now, we're converting a. This is an unusual story, so I'll take a second and tell you. Right now, we're involved in in a contract that came from up north that the client has a significant disease, but not life-threatening in the next, you know, five years, six years, seven years. And, And now, listen to this. We realized that the converted contract might be not as good as if we could possibly get a new contract for him. Mm-hmm. Now, rarely can we do this, but when I see that combination, we go back into the market, we get him examined, and we find out whether or not he's insurable. Well, in this case, he's not only insurable, but we got the client, the, the, the carrier to upgrade uh, the policy to the best class, and at the same time, we have a fund that's going to buy his old term contract wow. for over a million dollars. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, it is a holy cow. I mean, it's, it's one of those rare things, but that's the kind of analytic work that a firm like ours does deeply
1: to make sure that there's no stone unturned. Bob, you and I have talked many times, and and uh, I trust you, and I, I like you, so that's good. Uh, but I also, I have my own advisor. I have my own insurance agent. Why can't I just use those guys to do this? Well, another question to be answered,
2: because m- many people... I have to be honest with you, most clients uh, do not have an advisor that's been doing annual reviews and and mm-hmm. being on top of the portfolio of life insurance uh, every year. Most do not. The higher-end client that was was aided by a professional in an estate planning or business insurance planning market may have someone that stays in touch with them. That's more highly likely than not. When they have that kind of a relationship, we tell them that that's exactly how we do the majority of our business, through advisors of clients. And the reason why advisors come to our company is that they really don't have the experience. Once in a while, they may have done a settlement, but they have no idea how to protect the client Hmm. and themselves in a transaction, when it comes to selecting a firm or they hear about our firm, they immediately call in and and come to us because we work hand in hand with the top advisors in this country that want to include this uh, arrow in their, in their quiver. What you would say is that's exactly what we hoped you would say. Uh, if you have a trusted advisor, we want to be able to share with him our unique process of cleaning up fixing contracts that have been damaged by the internal cost of insurance increase or the drop in interest uh, marketplace. and we will work through him, help him, train him, and most of those guys become and Gal's become a, a permanent member of our strategic team. So it's just it's a great thing when I'm asked that question.
1: That's fantastic. Before you and I started podcasting together Bob, I didn't know anything about this. So why haven't people heard about this before?
2: Well, they haven't because they may have heard about it. Now there's uh, there's a carrier or a uh, provider online now that's talking about settlements. So they're seeing the word settlement a lot more than they used to. That's regionally, I'm sure it's more in some areas than others, but one it's that's happening. Number two, Uh, What's happening is regulators in eight states have mandated that insurance companies notify 60-year-olds plus, if they're going to cash in or drop a policy, that they must be notified that settlements is an option. So there's some of that happening state by state. Hmm. In fact, Georgia, uh, even though many of you are not in Georgia, but in Georgia, they mandate that an insurance company that disciplines uh, uh, an advisor because he talks about settlements, uh, they get fined. The The company, the insurance company, can be fined by the insurance wow. regulator in that state if they do anything to discipline an advisor uh, that may talk to a client about settlements. And that's a whole other story, but uh, sometime we can talk about why carriers take that position. But people don't hear about it because it's uh, somewhat been a... Uh, an area that was a one-off for most advisors. And now it is a tremendous fiduciary responsibility for advisors to bring it up. You know, when you talk to somebody that hasn't heard about it, you can say, you know, I completely understand. It's become highly necessary and highly specialized recently in the last two years because of then tell the story. Insurance companies have raised the internal cost of insurance or earnings on insurance company assets have plummeted and therefore their dividends and their interest rates have gone way down and policies are not performing. And because they're not, they're probably going to run out and die lapse before the client dies. So it's problematic. And when you see the amount of money that they have to the client has to pay to keep it to age 100, it's staggering. And why to 100? Eric, if they don't price it to a hundred, and they only price it to eighty-nine or ninety, and the person's still living, then the cost at that point is astronomical mm. to get that policy back in place and healthy enough to go on to a hundred. It could be, you know, it could move from fifty thousand a year to five hundred thousand a year wow. in the next uh, in the next ten years if that if they let that happen. It's really problematic. But I think people, most have not heard about it. That's exactly why I think that most people haven't heard about it.
1: That, that's crazy. To me, this seems like a no-brainer.
2: Well, it you know it does. When you hear about it, it is uh, you know I have that said by top advisors. They say you know this seems like a no-brainer. I really didn't look at it uh, as uh, anything but a one-off. If somebody came to me and said they were going to drop their policy, my immediate thought is, can I? Can I help them buy something new by what's called a 1035 tax-free exchange of moving a policy into a new policy? They've moved the cash value carrier to carrier. But when they do that, they just move the cash value. That person may qualify for a settlement. Today, instead of just waiting as an advisor for somebody to say, oh, by the way, I'm thinking about getting rid of my policy, or I'm not happy with the premium required for me to keep the policy like you told me was 10,000 a year. And now it's 42,000 a year to keep it. What the heck happened? You know, you didn't tell me that. And so an advisor has got to have a good story and be able to proactively bring this up before the client does, because some some clients don't even know that uh, this exists, and as a result, they don't bring it up. But it is a no-brainer. It is something that when you're proactive, it would uh, be
1: vastly helpful to the client and to the advisor to do this. What's your best advice for any advisor that's listening to this podcast now? Be
2: proactive. Uh, Don't wait until somebody brings this up. Put it into your quiver. Get some education Mm -hmm. to know how to do that. Find a strategic partner that specializes in this area. You'll make more. You'll do better for your client. Uh, If, by the way, you you happen to select Settlement Masters, which is our firm, my firm, you'll get E&O on the case, a compliance study that's done at the conclusion of the case. We'll handle the case from beginning to end. You'll get the bulk of the the commissions and fees that are paid on the case. I mean, that's a no-brainer when you Mm. look at how we can help you. I would tell them to be proactive. Don't wait until it's brought up. Make it part of your, your diagnostic annual reviews. Uh, tell people that have term insurance uh, that are in that age group because when they run out or becomes the policy becomes non-convertible because of age, you lost the asset. And we just had one that, that was at the end of the converted period because every term policy has a maximum age conversion limitation. And so when the policy is ready to convert, you've got to do it before that hits, that maximum age conversion provision. But we caught it six months before, which would have been nothing. It was just a million-dollar policy. But in in six months, it was going to be worth nothing unless he converted it. If he converted it, the premium went from, I think it was 4000 a year to 47000 a year. And he says, yikes, you know, mm. <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford that. Well, what happened is we got three hundred and eighty thousand, I think, for him by catching it, getting it converted, and uh, you know what? That's not chump change. Three hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars.
1: That's fantastic. That that is Bob's advice to all the advisors listening out there. And as a as a coach and a consultant that has worked with advisors for many years, I am going to give you some advice, advisors. This is going to strengthen the relationships with your clients and your client's children or your client's grandchildren exponentially. If you can help a family member, you can help their parents, or you can help their grandparents in this situation, they are going to look at you as their trust advisor from that point on and never waver. So I would just tell you, this is a a huge opportunity. Please reach out to Bob and his team. Bob, thank you so much for your time. Any closing thoughts?
2: Well, one, our phone number, you can reach our team uh, Diana Kyle is our Relationship Manager and Director for Professionals. She'll help you get on our training schedule. We have 30-minute podcasts that can be put together for you that you can, you or your members of your staff can go through. She will give you material that will help strengthen your position, your scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, our phone number is 877-927-7243. 877 877- And as my mentor told me on the plains of hesitation, bleak the bones of countless millions that sat down to wait, and there they died. Don't wait because policies are dying. Be proactive. Make this part of your, your quiver so that you can be proactive in helping these seniors that are being penalized for getting old. Get on it. You'll be
1: happy you did, and you'll make extra value to your client base. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you all for listening to today's Acres of Diamonds podcast with Bob Larson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Bob comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much, much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening today. For everyone at Settlement Masters, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Acres of Diamonds podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.